Welcome back to El Nino Speaks. Jason Hartman is joining me again to talk about some of the finer details about real estate investing. But before we dive into today's conversation, please make sure to check out Jason's first appearance on the show, El Nino Speaks 31, Understanding Real Estate. I'll add that episode on the show notes just so people can get some more context to this conversation. So yeah, Jason, let's talk about a very relevant topic, namely the growing inflation that we see in the US, which contrary to what the corporate press or so-called economic experts say, it's not transitory. And let's just say that I'm like a total novice here with regards to real estate investing in inflationary context. Why is housing a safe investment choice in this instance? Well, you know, most people, Jose, think that real estate is a good hedge against inflation. We've all heard that many times over the years. And what they mean when they say that is they're simply referring to the fact that the price of the house will either keep up with or exceed the rate of inflation, usually denominated by the consumer price index, the CPI. But that's sort of like a level one understanding. What really happens is is two other things. Occasionally, and we are in that kind of time now, which is a huge opportunity for people, uh, you can actually borrow at negative interest rates. And so we can talk about that. But in addition to that, the debt, if you use a mortgage, if you finance the property, the debt balance on that mortgage is debased through inflation because we're literally paying it back, or as investors, we don't even pay our own debts, our tenants pay it back in ever cheaper dollars through inflation. But not only is the balance of the mortgage debased through inflation, and when I say that, I mean it in a good way, in a positive way for the borrower, for us, um, but so is the monthly payment. And, you know, so I'll give you an example. You know, I remember my mother, uh, she purchased her first home, and it was a real stretch for her. And, and she used to talk about how the mortgage payment was a whopping $416 a month, $416 a month for a home in Los Angeles, California, if you can believe that. <laughs> wow. And what happened is after a couple of years, she started to notice the burden of that payment got lighter and lighter and lighter because her salary would go up with the cost of living and the uh the the payment stayed the same so as you go through time that payment feels less and less burdensome because the dollar is being devalued you know now when you look at the aspect of the price of the property okay so let's just go back to that for a moment you know most people think well real estate's a great investment because it always appreciates over time you know if you just wait long enough it's going to appreciate and you're going to win the game and you know that's not a false idea, but you really need to ask yourself the question, is the real estate going up or is the dollar going down? Which one is it? Usually in reality, it's a blend of both, but I just wanted to point that out. Now, 
you always talk about like compared to what in what ways are other assets like suboptimal choices compared to real estate when inflation takes off yeah good question um you know with, with other asset classes number one they're usually just one or two dimensional meaning that the whole strategy when you buy precious metals cryptocurrencies non-dividend paying stocks collectibles the whole strategy is buy low sell high one dimensional that's the only way you earn your return on investment with income proper well with dividend paying stocks the strategy is buy low sell high get some dividends in between hopefully and that's better it's two-dimensional with income property it's multi-dimensional not only do you buy low sell high but you get tax benefits you get leverage uh, you get appreciation um, you get cash flow you get mortgage pay down but you also get the strategy I developed many years ago called inflation-induced debt destruction, or IIDD. I know it's a mouthful, inflation-induced yeah, debt do destruction. Do expand on that concept. Yeah. Because, yep. and, and this is the hidden wealth creator for real estate investors because we pay the debt back in cheaper dollars. So let's actually look at an example. Say, for example, someone buys a few properties and they have a $1 million mortgage balance on maybe three or four rental properties, okay? And assume that's an interest-only loan, and assume that the interest-only period on that loan is 10 years. So you're not paying any principal down, and you get your mortgage statements the first month right after you buy the properties, and it says you owe $1 million. But over time, inflation devalues the balance of that mortgage. So say, for example, in a year or two years, uh, or nowadays, maybe in six or nine months, <laughs> you have 10% inflation. So you started off with a $1 million loan balance. You haven't paid down any principal because it's an interest-only loan. So it's not amortized, it's just interest-only you literally got paid $100,000 or 10% by inflation because the real dollar or constant dollar loan balance is now $900,000. Even though your statement still says you owe a million dollars, the value of that million dollars has declined through the magic of inflation that hurts most people but it helps people who understand how to make it work for them. So that's the mortgage balance. Now let's talk for a moment about the mortgage payment. So say for example, uh, and I'm just using round numbers here, of course the payment would actually be lower than this, but say the mortgage payments on this, you know, three or four properties, they total $10,000 a month, okay? You had 10% inflation and now, your real dollar payment is only $9,000 a month. That's inflation-induced debt destruction, okay? Now, there's one more dimension that we can talk about in a moment when we talk about negative interest rates, but you probably have comments or questions first. So what are like some other advantages that real estate investing has compared to other assets in like inflationary 
environments, for example, are there like any specific tax advantages or other things that income property investors can take advantage of in this time? Well, period? yes. I mean, income property is the most tax favored asset class in America and taxes are typically the largest expense in any of our lives. So learning how to save on taxes is critically important. Most people get very bored when you start talking about taxes, their eyes roll back in their head and they want to take a nap. But this is vitally, critically important to understand taxation because it is the largest expense most people have. But that's really a different topic. I do want to make one comment on it though, before we leave taxation, the IRS doesn't really account for inflation very well when it taxes us. Now this could be good or bad. It works both ways. For most people, it's very bad. And the reason is, is because even though if the government says it wants to raise taxes, there will be marches on Washington, there will be lobbyists, there will be presidential debates, there will be all of this stuff, right? But the reality is they don't even have to raise taxes because we have a, a progressive, in quotes, it's not actually progressive, it's regressive, but we have a progressive tax system. And that means we have tax brackets. So if you make uh, a low income, your tax bracket is lower. And if you make a high income, the government's expecting you to pay a larger percentage of your income in taxes. Your tax bracket will increase. Well, the government can raise taxes and tax each of those brackets at a higher level, or it could lower the hurdle to get into a tax bracket, thereby making your taxes higher and pushing more people into a higher bracket, or it could simply devalue the dollar through inflation. And that will automatically push people into higher tax brackets. So inflation is an insidious hidden tax, tax. Yep, Correct. right? Correct. We've heard that. Okay. And I know your listeners have heard that because you probably said it to them. And, but what they mean when they say that is it's a pickpocket, a liar and a thief because it devalues our savings, our stocks, our bonds, even our equity in real estate, but it also devalues debt. So that's what inflation-induced debt destruction is. But let's just get back to the tax thing for a second. Inflation is also a hidden tax because it pushes millions of people into higher tax brackets and thereby increases the tax rate without actually increasing the percentage. Very, very sneaky. Mm, very good stuff there. Now, I want to go back to that point about negative interest rates. How does that impact real estate investment activity? Well, most people don't understand it. So it's not like it changes the market in any dramatic way. Some people understand it, you know, kind of on a subconscious level. Uh, but most people don't really understand inflation-induced debt destruction very well at all. So if you're asking, does it make everybody run out to buy a property? I don't know that it does. Uh, people in the know, yeah, it impacts them, but you know, most people don't understand it. I see. Now let's get like a bit more practical here. Say you're dealing with someone who has consumed your information and is ready to like act on it and get immediately involved in real estate investing. What are the first things that you would recommend that they do 
so that they can come out on top against like inflation? Well, let's talk about negative interest rates for a moment. So we are at a very rare, unusual time in history right now, because you do get paid to borrow money through inflation-induced debt destruction. But at this particular moment, most people think with the interest rate increases that interest rates are too high. And of course, they're comparing it to the rates a year ago. And by that comparison, yeah, they're too high. But that's not the right question. The right question is, how high are interest rates compared to inflation? On my podcast and my YouTube channel, Jose, and you, you know this, of course, but my listeners have dubbed this question, that's a rhetorical question I'm about to ask, as the Jason Hartman question. Okay, now clearly I did not invent this question, okay, but I say it all the time. So they call it the Jason Hartman question. And I think it's really life's most important question in so many arenas of life, not just finance. And the question is, compared to what? Compared to what? That is the most important question. So if you compare interest rates to where they were last year, when they were literally at 5,000 year lows, and yes, there is data on interest rates dating back to ancient Egypt, believe it or not. Great book recommendation by the late Michael Graber is Debt, the First 5,000 Years. Check out that book. It's really good. So that's one comparison, right? But it's not a proper comparison. The proper comparison is to compare interest rates to the rate of inflation because the cost of money is almost always higher than the rate of inflation. But we are in one of those very rare times in history. It's only happened a few times in the last few decades. And usually when it's happened, it's just been a quick blip and then it evaporated where mortgage rates were below the official rate of inflation according to the consumer price index. Now we should also talk about that for a moment. So let's take a little tangent here. Of course, we all know the consumer price index is a complete lie and a scam. Okay. They manipulate the index. They started heavily manipulating it around 1980 because we had very high inflation in the seventies and the government wanted to hide this from us. Why do they want to hide it from us? Well, they want to hide it from us because uh, number one, it just makes the electorate unhappy and upset. But number two, the government programs, the government employee salaries, and, you know, keep in mind, the government's 20% of the economy, sadly, or maybe more even now, those are all indexed to the inflation rate. And so if the government wants to save money, it wants to have the inflation rate be higher than what it tells us is the official rate. Okay. Now it does this in three major ways, weighting, substitution, and hedonic indexing. And that's a pretty big rabbit hole. We can go down it if you want, but in the interest of time, let's just all agree the consumer price index is a lie. Yep. Okay. The changing propaganda index, as Jason Burak says, calls it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Um, so the propaganda index, the consumer propaganda index, I, I think I'll call it that, the CPI. Yeah, it's a big lie. Okay. So, but but just go with it, just assume you believe the lie. And you believe inflation is 8.5%. Well, literally today, you can get a mortgage for about five and three quarters percent for three decades. 
30 years. Like literally, you're not making the last payment on that mortgage until 2052. That's incredible. Literally, right now, and, and let's assume you couldn't get that rate. Let's assume you had to pay 6%. So if the CPI inflation rate is 8.5% and you borrow at 6%, you're literally getting paid 2.5% to borrow. You're getting paid to borrow. You have negative interest rates. But what if we go with the real rate of inflation, which I would argue is about 17%. Now, you know, people have different inflation rates because we all spend a little differently. So we all have a personal inflation rate. But at 17% real inflation and borrowing at 6%, we're now getting paid 11% to borrow money. And we also have tax benefits on that borrowed money. So after tax savings, and negative interest rates, we're getting paid well over 13% to borrow money. Now, that's on a mortgage, and that's on a property that isn't producing income, but also doesn't have any expenses, to be fair, right? And you do have insurance costs and property taxes and, you know, a little bit of maintenance here and there. But you're going to rent your property out, so you're not even paying the interest rate at all. The tenant pays the interest rate. And hopefully they pay you a little bit of positive cash flow every month too. This is why income property is the most historically proven asset class in the entire world. It's a very, very special asset class. It has very special characteristics, multi-dimensional characteristics. Indeed, it's a very special asset class. And given how inflation isn't going anywhere Anytime soon, people do need to be prepared. And Jason here is someone I trust for sound wealth preservation and wealth building advice in times of economic uncertainty. So Jason, where can my listeners find your work so that they can maximize their return on life? A couple of things. First of all, I have some really good slide decks with lots of charts and graphs. And I wanna make those available to your audience for free. They can just go to jasonhartman.com, which by the way is my main website, but a special private link, jasonhartman.com slash slides. Okay, jasonhartman.com slash slides. They can get slides that reference the things we just talked about. And I think that'll be very, very valuable to them to get these slides with charts, graphs, explanations at jasonhartman.com slash slides. Also, my YouTube channel, my podcast, The Creating Wealth Show are available completely for free. I have lots of great guests and lots of great information on YouTube and the, on the podcast. Yes, the, all of that information will be on the show notes. And yeah, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to come on to my show. You're always a major source of financial wisdom. And to my audience, thank you so much for your generous attention. And with that, El Nino has spoken. Happy investing.